everybody. Live from London, England. It is the Ozone. It's been a long time since I left you without some podcasting a step two. But I'm here now. I am Omar Miller, your host. I'm here with my brother from the same mother, Terry Miller, better known as the Icons. How you feel? Feeling very good, especially after the lag. The lag was real. Oh, man. That jet lag, folks, it really wears you down. If you have the means, I suggest you fly, fly private because that's what I would like to do. But I don't have the means, so I'm on commercial planes just like you, and it wears me down. But... We have a lot to cover. It's been a while since we've been on the mic. Since then, the Golden State Warriors are world champions. We all know about that. But what has happened in the NBA is a chain reaction to them becoming the champions and the super team they put together. And there's a lot of action, a lot of teams who decided they want to go get it. They're not just going to roll over. Yes, the reaction to the action, right? It's a reaction to the action. Plus, it's a reaction to the salary cap changing. Whoever the negotiators are for the NBA, I want them as my agents because this is an incredible deal that they've struck. I think it's it's uh, it's more than fair when you start thinking about the money because it's a revenue share. We're going to get into that. We're going to actually cover something we kind of glossed over before, which is uh, the baseball draft. The Major League Baseball draft happened. It was fantastic. The NBA draft happened. And, you know, I think there were some surprises and some not so much. Um, the baseball All-Star game is coming up, which means that we are a little bit deeper than halfway into the season. So we want to go over a synopsis of who's who and what's what in the world of Major League Baseball. We want to talk about uh, NBA just literally breaking the bank. I just I can't get over those numbers. It's just <laughs> I'm, I'm mind blown. I want to tell you a little bit about our experience at Wimbledon thus far. But we want to start off with a robbery, ladies and gentlemen. There was something that happened down under this past Saturday where Manny Pacquiao fought a pretty unknown to this point Jeff Horn, who was more than game to give him a go. And uh, despite what I would say most people feel like Manny Pacquiao came through with the win on that fight, somehow or another the judges, two of which who were from the United States of America, saw the fight for young Jeff Horn. And I mean, there's, there's not enough we can say about this. There's so many theories going around. And to me, I watched the fight. The guy seemed a lot bigger than Manny, like a lot bigger. Yeah, and it never seemed to stop Manny before, so you know Manny was up for the test. Yeah, I don't think that I don't think that it stopped him per se, but I think that I think that it I think it put him in a position where he had a he had a spot Manny Pacquiao was dealing with where he seemed surprised by the man's size when he's fought bigger guys before. Claudie, Margarito, all these guys, it's like he knew they were bigger than him. It's like he showed up and didn't realize that Jeff Horn was bigger than him. So in the first round, he took a little punishment to try to find his range and whatnot. And then we saw him do what Manny Pacquiao does, which is show superior footwork, put on a semi-clinic about, uh, uh, you know, his, his hand speed is still outrageous. And his thump is pretty crazy, too. I think one thing that gets lost on people now, because everybody wants to bring up his non-knockout streak, um, but I think one thing that gets lost is a lot of these guys are doing exactly what Danny Jacobs did against Triple G, which right. was smart, right. which is to come in way heavier the day of the fight than than the night before. And we have an interesting clip, too, about about Manny and his training and the whole song and dance. And what we're seeing is... It's not a it's not a situation where I think Manny doesn't have the thump. I think that Manny doesn't necessarily commit to the thump because he seems like at times he wants to box people. He wants to he likes to mix it up, which is when he does get hit, you see him smack his gloves together like he wakes up like it's go time. 
But in this particular situation, Horn dropped some bombs. I felt like he dropped more elbows and headbutts than anything, though. What what was your take on the fight? Uh, he was dirty off the top. Uh, I think you should always dedicate your time to the thump. <laughs> what about the thump? The thump and the funk. <laughs> but, you know, Horn came out. He was dirty off the top, right, right from uh, the bell. He came out with elbows. He was, you know, the only thing that I didn't see him do a lot of dirty was uh, the low blow. But other than that, he he brought everything out oh, of the book. He, he had the headlock. <laughs> he had the headlock was working for him. I saw him drop the people's elbow. He did <laughs> he it all. Yeah, I, and he it was, did it all. You know, but I, I felt bad because the ref wasn't doing enough to take control of the fight. And you can't let a guy like him start a fight like that and finish a fight like that without deducting the point. Or point, and he never. He, there was like an infinite amount of warnings that went place, and it never actually resulted in a. In a I don't feel like that. I felt like he warned him, but it was they were lightly. He was lightly seasoned. He was lightly warned on his. You know, he was come on, man, keep it up. He, he never really stopped and said, "Listen, if you if you do that again, I'm taking away a point." Right. Which would put that into a guy's head to say, "Hey, man, you know what? I need to make an adjustment because if I don't, he's taking away a point." And the other thing is, is that I feel like Jeff Horn because that never happened. Felt uh, like he had rights. And he also, he felt like he had civil rights, brother. We shall overcome. And and right the on. other thing that he did was he he was super aggressive w- without his fist, if right. that makes any sense. He was very aggressive to lead with his head, which got him smacked around a lot. Right. It got him hit a lot, you know. He was very aggressive to lead with his elbows. He was very ag- aggressive in the clinch. You could tell that he knew he was the bigger man. Yeah. And that and seemed, that seemed like, like a, a part of his game plan. It seemed like a big part of his game plan and seemed like uh, Manny adjusted. But this seemed like a scenario where, once again, Manny was was not the beneficiary of being a nice guy. He's right. He's in the camp nowadays where he stopped womanizing and stopped gambling and so on and so forth. And it seems like he's in a spot where the nice guys really do finish last. Definitely in boxing because there's no reason for him to lose a fight like that. It wasn't acceptable. It was nothing right about it. It wasn't. I mean, they almost stopped the fight. Yeah, they almost stopped the fight. and and They could have stopped the fight in that. Because it looked terrible. It looked really bad in that ninth round. And hold on a second. 117-111, one of the judges had it? So basically what the judges are telling you that it's time for Manny to pack his bags and go home. Nine to three. There's nine just three. no way that you saw that fight nine to three. If you did, then you're not. You shouldn't be in the game anymore. But you're being. We, we've talked about this before, and you know, and it's discouraging for a lot of fighters. It's discouraging for a lot of guys. Because somebody wants to call in and, and, and weigh in. Hold on yeah. a second. Champ Creed live on the Ozone once again. How you feeling, my brother? Feeling good. Feeling great. How are you, sir? Oh man, I'm solid gold. I'm in bloody England, mate. Feeling like a champion, yeah. In the home of where pugilist and prize boxing started, yeah. <laughs> what's up, Creed? Playing someone in the national army, I see. Oh yeah, had to do it. Yeah, what's up, Creed? Hey, T, what's going on, bro? You got it. Yeah, now check this out. We're knee deep in this Pacquiao conversation, and uh, T was just about to make a point about how. Basically, the judges are telling Manny, it's time for you to pack your bags and go home because somehow or another they saw that fight nine to three this weekend. I mean, I'm I, I'm overwhelmed that they saw that fight nine to three. I've seen people getting job before, but nine to three in that fight is like to the point where you're really, I mean, you you are blatantly on the take. Yeah, and it's embarrassing. Mm, that's that good old Walaska Rodan. Man, it's a, it's a dirty game because what it does is decisions like that negate the momentum that boxing has gained in 2017. Boxing has done so well to make a comeback this year. We've had so many great fights. Thurman and Garcia, Brooke and Spence, 
uh, uh, even wild stuff like uh, like uh, Andre Durrell and in the disqualification and his uncle coming in and knocking people out. Um, you've had yep. the ultimate with the big fellas in the glamour division of of boxing, the heavyweights. You had Anthony Joshua beat up on Vladimir Klitschko. I mean, the the the, the sport has only taken one L really all year, which has been. Uh, that that Canelo Chavez. Chavez sparring session, and now some nonsense like this comes up. I want to play you a clip, and I want you to hear what Freddie Roach had to say, and then uh, and then we're all going to speak about what we feel about the decision and what it actually says about boxing. Maybe being a senator, maybe being a fighter, both is just maybe too much. You know, we didn't have enough time in training camp. The beginning of training camp was not so well. Not the sparring was bad. He was he was too light. He, and then when I came in and went to General Santos, it was a lot easier because he only had one job. And being a job as a boxer is like more than enough, believe me. So I'm going to have to have a long talk with Manny and discuss this and um, see how he feels. And I'm going to give him my feelings on it too because I just, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit in the middle right now because, you know, he didn't fight badly or anything like that. He did, he did well. And, um, some of the rounds and so forth, but he just wasn't consistent enough for what I want. It's unbelievable, you know? It's unbelievable because you look at a guy like Manny Pacquiao, who is one of the elite fighters the sport has ever seen, and still you have to practice and focus so much, even to beat somebody who isn't necessarily great. Right. Now, Creed, yeah. tell me what you thought about the fight. Okay. So now, looking at the fight within itself, Manny Pacquiao, on his worst day, could beat Jeff Horn on his best. And although we didn't see the best Manny Pacquiao this past weekend, he still beat Jeff Horn, not being the best. 100%. So, yeah, so in terms of the fight itself, I think Manny Pacquiao won. But in terms of the politics surrounding it, like I always say to you guys, there's 10 ways to fix a fight. I happen to know 15. So going into this fight, I already had my reservations about where it was placed, why it was placed, and most importantly, who's financing the fight? Because I'll ask you this. Had that fight taken place in Macau in China where Pacquiao is for a couple of times, same fight, different location. Do you think that the outcome would have been what it was uh, the other day? Of course not. I mean, I think I think that fight takes place anywhere except for that young man's backyard, and that kid probably gets DQ'd. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, it, it's it's I'm like you said, uh, we've had a great year in boxing. We've had maybe you know one or two situations that have gone awry, but it wasn't so bad. A lot of people are complaining, but but you know, look. The ratings came in, uh, 3.4 million people viewed. Wow. Uh, and then at its peak, which was the last quarter of the fight, 4.4 million views. Wow. So nice Big it, numbers. Basically, yeah, basically 4.4 million people got set up for the rematch. Which, which will be on pay-per-view. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Wow. So, yeah, so you got to look at it. You look at it for the fight. But then you look at it for what goes on behind the curtain. And, and basically, you know, I'm not going to play with anyone's intelligence. The word came down, if Joe Horn goes the distance, Joe Horn wins. It's in the story. And that's what happened. Because right. Joe Horn, one, he was dirty. 
A lot of headlocks, a lot of, a lot of. Uh, I mean, I saw some rabbit punches. I saw him. I saw him. Head, head butts. Head butts that had many bleeding. Twice. And, and, yeah, twice. And I want to talk about. And I want to talk about something else. Let's talk about salty Tim Bradley. Yeah. What in the hell is wrong with Tim Bradley? <laughs> Timothy Bradley, who I have respect for as a fighter, decided. You know, he got the gig to commentate this fight. The whole fight, he was giving Jeff Horn love, which is fine because there was plenty that Jeff Horn did do that was positive. He would throw an elbow, then he would catch Manny with a punch, then he would eat five of the heaviest punches that you've ever seen out of that 147 division. And Tim Bradley would only comment on the punches that Jeff Horn, you know, landed. He never commented on him putting him in headlocks. He never commented on him being dirty. And it was just like he was so salty that he lost to Manny Pacquiao three times, if we're being honest. Right. And and then he decided that he was going to put his own bias and his own spin on the scenario. This really, really bothered me. I didn't know if anybody else really, you know, spoke on that. I know that, that Stephen A. put him on blast a little bit and he backtracked because he was on there talking about how, oh, well, Jeff Horn, you know, he had a valiant effort. Well, this game isn't about your effort. This game is about winning. Yeah. Mm-mm. And when with Tim Bradley, once he said he was in Argentina, you know, I was like, all right, Tim, I'm done with you for tonight. You need to have several seats. Uh, in, in addition, <laughs> he said he was in Argentina on the ca- on the telecast. Yeah, he said, yeah, you know, it's tough down here in Argentina. Tim, you're in Australia. And then when he went to talk about Manny Punchbowl, he said, yeah, Manny has those Japans that keep knocking you out. Japan? Wait, are you saying hands? Or are you confused with his heritage? Oh. And is he, now, you know what, though? Now, this is interesting because what I truly believe is that Jeff Horn, did you saw those photos of Jeff Horn with the ice on his head with the concussion after the fight and Manny chilling with his wife, Jinky, pose it after the fight. I tell you the truth, I think that Jeff Horn is going to have that same thing that happens to just about everybody that fights Manny Pacquiao or Triple G over the last 10 years, which is the after, uh, after effect, which is like right. an aftershock where your body, uh-huh. it takes so much out of you when you fight these guys that have the heavy hands that it takes you either a long time to heal or you never heal so that when you think that you were in Argentina, you're actually in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll give Jack Horn, Jack Horn, Jack Horn, Jimmy Joe Horn. Him too. I'll, I'll Let me tell you something. Jack Horn didn't win this weekend either. <laughs> yeah, that boy can take an ass whooping because he was getting lit up. Man, he and got I mean, lit up. Right Solid up. shots. The ref extended the courtesy and said, hey, I'm here to protect you. If you don't come out and show me something, I'm going to have no choice. And, and, and I will say that a fighter of lesser grit maybe would have folded at that point, you know. But um, I, I give him credit. He stood there and was the best-looking punching bag North America has seen in a while, that Argentina <laughs> has seen in a while, that the whole damn world has seen in a while. Don't so worry. For that, I got to give him credit. There's another one coming, and it's coming in August. His name is Conor McGregor, and he's a, he's, a, he's another one that's going to be a punching bag, unfortunately. I don't know why he wants to do that. Man, I do know why he wants to do that to himself. He's trying to get his cheese, and I'm not mad at him for getting his cheese, to be honest. But can he, can, will he be alive to spend it? I don't know. Man, How healthy to, will he be? Because it might have to go to his kids because this is uh, – that's another – That's a, that, that one's a, just a straight debacle as far as the fight goes. But this one – there's so many elements to this. Even afterwards, all right, you know what? I'm going to play you another portion of that interview with Freddie Roach, and you guys tell me what this makes you feel like. 
honestly, there's a lot of people very, very unhappy about this decision, both in the Philippines and back in America. Yeah, but, you know, um, overall, I thought it was a good fight. I think Horn fought very well. You know, he's a little bit rougher than I thought he was, maybe a little bit more physical than I thought he was. And I think, like, every time you come out of a clinch in a headlock, something's wrong there, but I don't know if the referee couldn't control that or what it was. But, you know, I thought it was a pretty close fight, though. I thought Manny had a real good uh, round in the ninth. I thought it was maybe a two-point round. And I just told Manny, give me one more of them, and the fight's over and it's done. But he just couldn't do it. And um, we, lo- we lost the decision, you know. I'm not a judge. Uh, you know, it's very hard to sit that close and, you know, there's a lot going on in between rounds and so forth, giving instructions and so forth. So, like, it's very hard for me to judge a fight. It's just from outside. But the thing is, um, I, I hear there's a lot of people think it's controversy, think many won and so forth, but it, was, it went the other way, and we have to live with that. And will we have a rematch? Maybe. I hope so. Uh, Brisbane, thank you for everything. It's been one of the best cities I've ever seen in my life. You know, and here we go. This is this is the consummate professional there, but I don't personally appreciate that. Me myself, I need a little bit more outrage. I can understand why Manny is an outrage. Manny just seems like really Manny Pacquiao seems like he would fight even if he fought for free. Right. He just seems Passive like you might catch him scratching, yeah, just out scrapping because he just enjoys fighting. This is the thing. Freddie's actually the homie. He's on this season of Ballers that's coming up, and. Um, when you see the political talk like this, it just makes you feel like, you know, when you see people who claim to be innocent in court but don't go crazy when the people find them guilty. Yeah, man. Like you know, like I said, with with um with the sport of boxing, with the sport of MMA, look, here's how it breaks down. If you want to see a real fight, put cameras in the state penitentiary, right? And then have two guys fight it out, and the winner gets his Whoa, freedom. Whoa, champ! What, <laughs> what, what, what are you suggesting here? Now, wait a minute. Yeah, that's a real fight. That's a real fight. Anything outside of that is sports entertainment, and sports entertainment has people that has that have agendas. You know, this is um, just all there is to have, it. Yeah, and, and 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 you can't you can't escape. Like you know, people say, hey, you know, you might have a conspiracy theory, or some people say hey, you know, there you go off on a tangent. But no, when you get around the sport, as long as I have, you know, as long as you guys have, whatever, you get the feeling when something just doesn't add up. And the thing about it is, to the casual fan, they don't know what goes on behind the curtain. All they know is that, look, 4.4 million people at its peak watched this fight. They saw the headline. So now when the rematch is mentioned, because there is going to be a rematch, there's too much money on the table for it not to be a rematch. It's too much money. And Manny can mop this kid up quick. They get to kind of live it out and say, okay, you know, we got our payoff. Almost kind of like pro wrestling in a sense, but just a little bit of a different dynamic with real punches. Yeah, so you're saying that basically it's a heat check. Oh, wow. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, this this was a heat check. What you do, here's what you do. What you're doing is you're extending the value of Manny Pacquiao. Because if he wins this fight, right, say he wins against um, uh, Jeff Horn, right, you, you, you put him up against Errol Spence, you put him up against Terrence Crawford, you put him up against Keith Thurman or whoever, like, that's it. He's done. He's not elite anymore. You only get one more big paycheck out of him if he wins this fight. With the rematch, you can get at least two more fights out of Manny. The rematch with Jeff Horn, and then maybe that fight with Terrence Crawford where he will ultimately pass off the baton 
And that's how boxing has always been. It's been a cyclical passing of the baton by way of the judges carrying out whatever agenda suits the networks and the people behind it. Wow. Champ Creed, excellent analysis. Yeah, great Tell the people where they can find you. Oh, you people can find me on all social media at Champ Creed. That's C-H-A-M-P-C-R-E-D on Twitter, Instagram, and Snap. And also known as Creed, in the words <laughs> of Mr. T. Hey, brother, great to see you, Champ. And uh, we'll talk to you sooner than later. All right, now. All right, y'all. Some great insight there that from Chad. Great insight. I didn't. I didn't think he about that. He brought in that. a whole new angle. I was. He set me straight. He did. He did. And we got somebody else. We got another professional who wants to be involved in setting you straight. I mean, the lines are lighting up, folks. People heard we're on the mic and they want to get their two cents in. Hold on one second. Let's see who it is and see how it feels. Who's on the line, ladies and gentlemen? Is one-time middleweight champion Anthony Durrell, family in the Ozone. What's up, man? Oh, man, you know I can't call it. Oh, man, maintain it, maintain it. Man, I got a feeling you can call it because we've been on here the last 15, 20 minutes talking about this robbery, this highway robbery that took place down under. And, you know, it really bothers me from a fan perspective, but I want to see what it feels like from a professional perspective. What did that, that thing, first and foremost, did you have Manny Pacquiao winning the fight? I did. I did. I had him winning at least by. I, I had him winning a lot of rounds. He probably only lost three rounds in my book, man. The first round, most definitely, the guy came out strong, and, and I didn't expect him to go that strong. But after that, Manny caught up with him, and, and, and you know he was he did what he had to do. You know the guy was pushing forward, but if you're the aggressive and not and not punching the guy, you can't win a round like that. You know uh, I remember. Uh, uh, Joe Tessitore said, "Oh, he caught Manny with a good punch. Would you give him that round because that's uh, because he caught him with a good punch? Wow, good punch don't win a round. It's yeah. multiple punches that win rounds. And, and Manny was gotta, hitting him with punches in bunches. Exactly. It was it was combinations and punches in bunches. He hit that man hard and a lot. Exactly. After the fight, you got to see the but effect at, of at it. At the end of the day, all you got to do is look at their faces. Look at my, the other guy and look at Manny Pacquiao. You can't see really a mark on him but the ones that he headbutted him with. Right. You know what? After the fight, after this, this, that, was, that just topped the cake for me because me as a boxer and then when I see, and I'm going, you know, as a boxer, when I see... I'm going as a sports person. When I see Steph Curry get $201 million, Blake get $173 million, and that happened, you know what it made me feel like I need to do? Honestly, this is coming from the bottom of my heart. This is how I feel. I wanted to retire, right? I want to retire. Like, probably after my next fight, I wanted to retire. That's what I was thinking because it's, it's like – these guys get this much money, and I'm risking my life in there. And I don't even know if I'm going to win after seeing what what happened with Pacquiao. You know what I'm saying? Why can't we get paid like the other people get paid, risking our life to do it? And But on the other end, with the judges, they're not even scoring it right. They never boxed in their life. They've never been in the ring. They never did anything, and they're just sitting there with a we're 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 keeping their hands in in debt. They got the day out our destiny in their hands, basically. Yeah, and I'm and even deeper than that, they're not being held accountable. You know, they're exactly. not. Exactly. 
They they make yeah. decisions and nobody can question them or ask them anything or why you had this decision. How did you come up with that that score? They don't have to do anything. They just go back into the room and disappear into the audience, and nobody ever says anything to them. Exactly, and that's the truth. And and it should be some consequences behind it. I think those judges should retire or get fired, and and uh, I think most people feel like that. I mean, like I say. We didn't expect the guy to come out and fight like he did. He fought with true heart, but heart doesn't win you fight. Exactly. You know, you got to go out there and fight to win a fight. You know, he came out there with a lot of heart and did what he had to do to stay in the fight because he was gone and like rock because not that moment. But he let him go on and it's good because, you know, he came back and agreed that he could still fight, but he didn't win the fight. No, nah, he didn't win the fight, and for some reason, everybody's giving him credit for effort. Yeah. And I don't know when that started. No, this is not literally. Everybody's giving no, him credit for like, you know for trying hard, and yep. for basically everybody's giving him credit for surprising all of us that he even lasted twelve rounds. Right. Exactly, and, and people say, it, but but you can't say that because he's a tough guy. We've seen that in the ninth round. You can't say that he survived. I mean, the guy fight. That's like me, if I had 16 fights getting there with Manny Pacquiao, but I had the same amateur experience that I had, he's not supposed to stop me. I'm supposed to still go on and on. Maybe he's supposed to win, but he's not supposed to stop me. And I think that's what some people got it wrong at. Like, he's not supposed to be in there with Manny because Manny is his, but Manny right. is another human being. Man. Absolutely. Manny and I, I another think another human being like everybody else. And I think the issue is is uh, we just had another caller come in, call in that uh, has, has been a promoter and been around the fight game. He was talking about how dirty it was. And he brought up a great point because Terry and I were talking about how basically they were telling Manny Pacquiao to pack his bags and go home because the game was done with him and they didn't appreciate him. And he offered a different idea. His idea was actually this was a way to extend Manny's career, get a couple more paychecks out of his big name and his legend because now they can actually sell the rematch in, as opposed to giving it away for free. And then on top of that, what they can do is is then after that try to line him up with Terrence Crawford or Neuro Spence uh, uh, to try to get them to tune him up and pass the baton. I think so, yeah. I think he he could definitely do that, man. I mean, like I said, Manny is the legend. But he did, everybody's seen he didn't lose a fight, so I don't think his stock would really go down. It just... He had nothing to give to other fighters now since he lost the belt. But I don't think, you know, but that's just like the same thing with Floyd. Floyd don't fight for belts all the time. You know what I'm saying? It's the, it, at the end of the day, it's a check cast of it. Yeah. And, 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 and unfortunately, and yeah. that's unfortunate because for people like us who love the game as far as the actual boxing and for people like you who are out there risking your lives, that's just plain and simply not fair. Right. It's not, and, it, and it's really not. And like I say, man, if you win, you win. But that, like I say, that's how that cookie crumbs. Like, I thought I won with Sakhalik in my first fight. I thought I beat him worse my first fight than the second fight. But it, it, it just happened like that, you know. And and, and you can't – you got to go back to the drawing board and do it again. But Manny Pacquiao definitely won that fight with the hands down. Like, that was one of the worst fights. I think I ever, you know, one of the worst fights I think I ever seen that I agree. did not win. I mean, and realistically, even with all of the dirty headlocks and, and elbows and the whole song and dance, yep. at 117-111, at the score, think about this, at the score yeah, with which they had it. He needs to be fine. 
<laughs> that dude needs he to needs be arrested. He needs to work. He, yeah, he needs to be arrested, fined. But he's from Argentina. I don't so know where he he's from, from, but apparently he was from Pluto yeah, because listen, that dude's out of this world with those horrible. numbers. Listen to this. Yeah, because you, he you, must have his glasses on. <laughs> think about this. They're saying that even if they call those punches dirty and they deduct two points from Horn, he still wins the fight easily. He still lose. He still win the fight. Yes. He he, they're saying he would have won the fight one fifteen one eleven. This is outrageous. No, it's impossible. It's, it's impossible. not possible. But like again, it, it goes back to my thing with Bika. Man, I dropped him in a point with Took. So that's two round. That's four rounds that I won right there. So you telling me I didn't win three more? I mean, uh, no more rounds. I'm really kind of no more rounds in the fight. You know, it's a draw, but still, like. So I had two more rounds as a draw. Like, come, on, come on, man. man. It, it was just something fishy about that. Like, and this is the problem. But like I say, it's water under the bridge, man, but... Man, I think Manny has just come back stronger and better than ever. Like I say, he didn't have a... Like they said, he didn't have a knockout in, in since 2010, man. That's a long time. I think Manny is getting old, but I don't think he's lost it yet. No, Manny I don't I don't think so either. He, I think he... I think he, he, I think he I, everything that he's still there. I think an old weathered Manny Pacquiao still tightens up most of the guys in the division, right. to be honest. Because of oh, what, yeah, definitely. What Freddie Roach... He's he too quick, man. Yeah. And what Fred, and his angles, and he actually has good defense. He just seems like he likes to get hits at times yeah, and to gain somebody's pop. power. He still has pop. Yeah. 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 All right, AD, we appreciate yeah, you, man. Now tell me this. Did your fight shape up? Because I'm trying to buy a ticket to Michigan to come see you fight, brother. What's happening? Okay, listen. Now we're trying to get it in Flint. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. We're trying to do something better for Flint. We are. It, if, and if we get it in Flint, it'll be on the 8th. More likely we're going to get it there, man. Uh, I mean, of course, he don't want to come over here. He's all this hoo-ha lobbing now. And I want to get it in my backyard. But I want a purse beat. I mean, if you wanted to get it where you wanted it, you should have want a purse beat. That's how I figure. But uh, Flint, Michigan, more than likely, that's the destination. August 8th or September 8th? September 8th. September 8th. All right, brother. But we're going to have to hop a plane and come see you. Thank you for your contribution, Thank AD. You, you are family. you always Thank welcome you. on Thank the Ozone. All right, now. I'll see you later, AD. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right, go. Man, it's passion going on around here. Uh, you know why? Because people love the sport. Just like we love it, except for, like, in the situation with Anthony. Come on, man. This guy's life is a danger. Exactly. And you saw the same I, thing with Gabe Rosado. If you watch, go to, to ES News. Shout out to Ellie Secback. He was watching the fight with Gabe Rosado, apparently. And he asked him after the fight, because Gabe got joshed earlier this year here in in the UK, and he said, "Man, for them to do that to the legend, man, this is like it's discouraging." You can hear the pain in AD's voice when you when he's talking about Anthony, uh, when he when he's Anthony's Pacquiao, talking about Pacquiao getting served up. Yeah, it's just discouraging for them. Once you dedicate all this time and passion, you know, and then you don't get rewarded for it. There's no reward in. Going into a fight, you put out your heart out there. You you know you're literally putting blood, sweat, and tears out there on the mat, and then there's no reward. You get a check, but that at this point, at that level, you're not just fighting for a check. You don't get to that level, I don't think, when you're only fighting for the right. check. You can't you know, get to that level because because somebody's hungry and it means more than a check, and they'll walk right through you. That's it. But the reward you can get is with the Five Four Club. Ladies and gentlemen, did you know that for only $65 a month, you can get a box of clothes specifically tailored to your lifestyle and your taste buds and your waist size every single month that's worth more than $150? Well, to find out in the cash in there, you go to 54club.com. 
Use promo code Omar. Make your summer better. 5-4 Club. Life meets style. Going to move on. I mean, let's back up to Brinkstruck here because the NBA is breaking the bank. And I don't even think they're getting started yet. I mean, they're just getting they, – they ain't finished because the king ain't got his yet. There, <laughs> right. There's been so much dough that's been passed around. I mean, you're talking about Steph Curry. Guys are getting baseball money now almost because they still – a guy like Clayton Kershaw plays 35 games or 40 games and still, you know, picks up his 30-something million a, a season. But you're talking about a guy getting 40-some-odd million for hoops, and I don't think it's enough. I'm with LeBron James on this one. Revenue share. It's a revenue share, and the revenue share situation is legit. If you're going to do the revenue share, then you have to make sure that it's legit, and I believe that the CBA lawyers understand that, the players understand that, and it's this is all relative, folks. A lot of people always want to mention, oh, well, geez, you don't think they get paid enough already? It's not about that. It's yeah. not about that. Well, because they chose I'm, their profession and you choose your profession. That's it. And also, I'm coming to watch them play, not the owners. And then for some reason, fans feel like they own the players after the fact. And and that's where the money comes in. That's the difference. Because when they're walking down the street or when you're upset with a guy because he didn't hit a shot or he didn't hit a ball or he didn't throw something the right way and you feel like you still have something to say, he he deserves that extra piece of cheese that he's going to get. Well, but he just deserves it because everybody's tuning in for him. Let's see what next victim has to say about it. What up, what up, what up? Next victim live in the Ozone. What up with it? What up, Man, we just we just talking about how they just backed up the Brinks truck in the NBA. I'm devastated. Man. I mean, and I'm not you mad. Know what? I was going back and forth with it. I was really? angry about it, but then I'm like, hey, is the NBA this worldwide where and the marketing is this, is this great where cats can get two hundred million dollars? But explain it yeah. to me. Why why were you mad at any point? Nobody's buying a ticket to go see Jacob uh, Laus or what, I can't remember what the guy's name is that owns the the Golden State Warriors. I'm not buying a ticket to go see him. I'm not watching on the weekends Nobody's to going watch, to watch him. the refs. Nobody's watching the refs. I'm going to watch Steph shoot the ball from half court. And and for that, the revenue share that they negotiated was phenomenal. I saw a meme on Twitter that was just plain and simply mind blowing. It showed all of the quarterbacks in the NB in the NFL, and then it showed Blake Griffin, Steph Curry, and uh, I think Kevin Durant, or maybe even Mike Conley, and their contracts are collectively more than everybody in the NFL. Wow! Now this is. Groundbreaking on so many different levels, in my opinion, because you know they're they're putting the pressure on other sports. We just had a former world champion in Anthony Durrell on talking about the Pacquiao robbery, and he was talking about how the boxers need more money because, especially in light of you potentially giving your all, and then you give your all, and then then it's not enough. So career ending when you give your all and it's not enough it can be life right. ending it can be life ending out there in the boxing arena and now now you're looking at it and the only people who aren't mad there's three there's three professional athletes who aren't mad when they see this baseball players soccer players and formula one drivers none of them are upset because they're all like oh, it's about time they got paid i can't believe they wait they work for so little <laughs> football hopefully is next 
We'll see. I don't believe it. I think that the owners of football, I really believe that the owners of football, they got crazy juice. Not only do they have crazy juice, I think the other thing that they have is an attitude of non-inclusion. I think there's a good old boy network that's just – Pretty much, we can just say it's pretty much racist. In in for the most part, yeah. there's a there's an an, an owner slave mentality that actually just includes money, so it's not an all out slave thing. Yeah, it's a plantation style. Of, it's a plant. That's the word yeah. I'm looking for, brother. Fight the power. <laughs> of it's the plantation. Like, I believe, like with basketball, everyone can play basketball. It's it's worldwide. With football, it clashes with other countries and other nations with soccer being football. Right. So And also with genetics. Yeah. You need you need you need to be a giant and a freak of nature, a freak of nature, or a freak of nature, uh, to play. <laughs> I think he went three for five yesterday in the Brewers game. Uh to to play in the NFL. You know, in basketball you can actually dream and you can dream of being like Mike, just no matter how short or tall, fat, skinny, whatever that you are, you can find a level to play on. All sizes are getting paid. All sizes are getting paid. Now, outside of the dough, because I don't want to get hung up on that, I want to get hung up on the what happened. Can CP3, We Terry finally got his wish. The Clippers are finally blowing up the team. <laughs> and he, he all he wants to say is he told us so. That's all he wants to say he next told week, you, though. dude. <laughs> That's it. He can, he, he's going to say it no matter what. But <laughs> CP3 is... Is uh, he's nasty too? What? Yeah. What? Here's okay. Now, why do you think CP3 is nasty? And I'm going to tell you how I feel about it. Go, give me, give me he's one minute on CP3. Because he's trying to form or trying to go to a better situation to get a super team. I don't believe there's no such thing as a super team. You get on the court, you play the game the right way, you beat the super, te- the so-called super team. It's a mindset. You have to want to do it. You have to believe that you can do it. CP3 is nasty because just like KD, he goes to another team that beat him when he was up 3-1. You can't go to another team that beat you no matter what. He surrendered. If he would have went to somewhere like San Antonio with Pop, okay, I can be mad at CP3 if he goes to somewhere where he knows he has a, a, a better chance to win. With Pop and San Antonio Spurs, he could, you know, sub in and sub out with Tony Parker would have been a great fit. He goes with Mike, no defense, and Tony, and never won in the, in, in the NBA. So it's like, okay, you're just chalking it up. You're surrendering. You okay with just getting paid and, and being third, fourth, and going to be like Charles Barkley, you never won a ship. What are you talking about? Tony's a winner. He won, he won uh, the coach of the year, right? I think that D'Antoni is. I think that D'Antoni is. That's what he's all about. I think D'Antoni's on the all-rich team. I don't think CP3's on the all-rich team. Here's my take on it. I believe that CP3 realized that the situation in Los Angeles was untenable. He just might listen to the ozone. I think that he didn't really get along with Blake Griffin, and potentially he didn't get along with Doc Rivers. Or DeAndre Jordan. I didn't know he didn't get along with DeAndre as well. But obviously he loves Los Angeles and something didn't work and because nobody ever leaves Los Angeles pretty much voluntarily. And he left money on the table to leave Los Angeles. I think that nowadays you're talking about so much dough that the money is really kind of secondary with these guys to a certain degree. I really believe that Chris Paul went to a place where he felt like he had help. 
All these guys want to go someplace where they feel like they have help and they feel like they have a chance to win. But I'm with you on this one, Tipper. I can't go to the team that beat me. I just can't do it. My my pride won't let me do it. I can't take it. I cannot swallow that L. That is a surrender. It's a full-blown retreat. And most importantly, forget all that. Maybe CP3 doesn't have a problem with that. He's actually just saying, you know what? This is where I can go to win, and this is where I can go to win right now. Okay. Okay, but uh, let me jump in real quick, though. So do you believe he has a better chance with winning in Houston than he would have had a chance of winning in San Antonio? No, I do not believe that. I believe that any time you meet up with a Greg Popovich, who's one of the greatest coaches ever, you have a better chance of winning with him than you do with Dan Tony, who has gone on a tour of putting up crazy offensive numbers and never getting close to sniffing a championship. This guy, he's a perennial loser, and he but he puts on a great show. Kind of goes back to the Manny Pacquiao conversation, right? You know, you we just had a caller call in, and he said, "You want to see a real fight? Put cameras up in a prison and put the put the fight prize to be guys getting out of jail and getting their freedom." If other than that, everything else is sports entertainment, and unfortunately, D'Antoni has packaged a style of sports entertainment that is. You know, flashy, glitzy, it gets guys stupid numbers. I mean, crazy numbers, because James Harden numbers this year were absurd. But they never win. Fantasy NBA stat. Right. Everyone is okay with that. And and, I'm not going to say everyone, but folks are okay with that. The owners are okay with that. Yeah, because it, it puts butts in the seats. It puts butts in the seats, and it sells jerseys, and it sells popcorn. And so, you know, you have you have that side of it. And that bothers me. I don't think that Houston's going to do anything, even though who I will say it seems like so far is the best and most cost-effective signing of the whole offseason is Nene Hilario. Three years, $11 million. Nene Hilario put in work for them. He was the reason they were even relevant. Regardless of what anybody may say, I know it sounds ridiculous. James Harden's numbers were crazy. A lot of guys' numbers were crazy and this, that, and the other. When you actually went to the games, Nene was the glue that actually he actually cares about his defense, and he played just enough to keep them in game so they could shoot themselves into a rhythm. Yeah, he's the Draymond Green of the Houston Rockets. I agree, with yeah, more size. I would say him and, him and Trevor Ariza. I agree. Ariza's serious about his defense as well. But overall, the culture of a D'Antoni team is not serious about defense. Got you. And one one other thing that that pissed me off about the whole CP3 thing is, like, you go last season, you go in the offseason, and you, you know, cheer on and try to bring DeAndre Jordan. (laughs) That was dirty, man. They did him dirty. That was just a sucker move. And you, you dragged him out of Texas. (laughs) <laughs> Strangely he enough, him out of Texas, where he still so could have been, there. you know, player of the year or you know whatever, six man, big man, all star, whatever. But you took him out of Dallas to come to LA, so you can be like, all right, you got paid, you doing your all state commercials, I'm out. Hey man, I don't know what that's I'm about. Out. I'm not really mad at Chris because it seems like I, I don't know. You know, the, the athletes always hit you with the well, I had to do what was best for me and my family scenario. Um, I, you know, they talk about the money they left on the table. Realistically, I think if you analyze the numbers, seeing that they don't pay state income tax in Texas, he probably didn't leave any money on the table. Um, but I think that the Clippers on the flip side of this, the Clippers are actually the winners in this scenario because, because one, even though Doc Rivers is still the GM, he's not really the active GM. 
because now you have a situation where they got Jerry West, and Jerry West knows how to wheel and deal, and Jerry West is a winner, stone cold. And now he's made this move, which I think is going to be one of many moves. Realistically, that, but he didn't make a move. This wasn't optional with Je- what happened with Je- Jerry West right now because Chris Paul gave them the option because he could have just walked on them and he gave them the option to get a couple of players back. But this was something that was out of Jerry West's control, actually. I understand, but what I'm saying is, is now what Jerry West can do, instead of stepping into a dysfunctional relationship and he's stepping into a situation that's going to turn into a, a, a divorce, he now steps into a situation. You still have some pieces. Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan are two big men. Well, the rumors are as well is that they're they're focusing on trying to get LeBron James in a couple of years, you know, and uh, so. That is not going to happen. Well, you know, they're saying either he's going to go to the Lakers or the Clippers, and the Clippers are on the low. That's why they brought Jerry West in so that they maybe he can pull him in. Right, despite him saying it would never happen. Yeah, he's a Wrangler. So many people are saying LeBron is coming to the Lakers. Everyone is saying. Russell Westbrook is coming to the Lakers. The Lakers is just a... a <laughs> yeah, the Lakers are like the chicken high school that everybody heard that likes to mess around in the back of the car because everybody's got yeah, some rumor about her. <laughs> some, some, right, and the chick didn't actually do nothing in the back of the car except for watch the movie right. at the drive-in. <laughs> and, and, and somebody lied, and then everybody else believed it. I believe that, uh, I believe that you know, the Lakers are still a long ways off. Now, tell me your take on PG-13 to OKC. It's a great move for him. He can be just like KD or anyone else. He doesn't have to be the primary option, the primary person. He's going where the MVP is from from last hmm, year. The MVP. He went and played with the MVP. He went and played with the MVP. Ain't nobody ever been mad going to play with the MVP. So he now will. he's with him. Well, now, why do like you think KD. he's going to be mad? Because it's not going to be, turn out the way that he thinks it's going to turn out because Russell Westbrook is still Russell Westbrook, very selfish. The numbers, you guys don't like to go by the numbers, but the numbers say actually in certain situations that Russell Westbrook is selfish. And, and that's only because I, Russell I, Westbrook didn't have no help. That he, With your boy, the superstar, they, Victor Oladipo. He, 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 he had help before. He had help before. Maybe that's what PB13 wants, just like KD wanted. Maybe. I didn't think about that. Maybe that is what he wants. You ever thought about that, Smarty Pants? <laughs> no, I haven't, but I'm sure that he'll be very unsatisfied. He'll be an unsatisfied customer, especially since he's already said that he wanted to go to the Lakers, which is halfway collusion because the players shouldn't say or they shouldn't get together and collude and put, the, put together their own teams when they're not paying anybody. They're getting paid by the owners. They're not paying the owners. But in a rev share situation, who's paying who? I need to know who's zooming who. And at the same time, these are professional players. They are about winning. Not so all you're of them. you're going to go where you feel like you can win. He has no chance of winning in, in, in Indianapolis. In or in Oklahoma. You hear, you hear this dude, man. Oh, in Oklahoma. What did the MVP win? He's just like Dan Tony. What did he win? He won the MVP. I thought he was supposed to. I thought he was supposed to be winning the championship, not winning the MVP. That's he was so happy, he broke down and everything else. Coach of the year is enough. So maybe Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Kevin Durant broke down, was talking about his mama was a real MVP. He hadn't won nothing and choked on a 3-1 lead to a team that he actually had that was better than the Warriors. Kevin Durant is a world champion now. Oh, yeah, now nah, that's what you want to talk about. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> <This> fool. <laughs> He's so nasty. I want to hear about that. 
<laughs> I don't want to hear about that. Now, who seems like they're trying to make moves on the low, though, realistically, is uh, Minnesota. Yeah. They got a lot of young studs over there, man. Well, you know what? And I feel like that was a uh, – you talk about Minnesota, but what about that uh, that trade that Chicago did as well? Well, getting rid of Zach Levine uh, for Jimmy Butler and everything, that's great. They didn't get rid of Zach Levine. They got Zach Levine. And that's what you're saying that Chicago did. This is yeah. Minnesota. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Minnesota's making moves. I mean, that, you know, I feel like from what the coverage that I've seen, people really downplay how great Jimmy Butler is. Yeah. They, they act like Jimmy Butler isn't the top five guy in the league. Jimmy Butler is actually better than your boy PG-13. Jimmy Butler low-key is better than just about every scorer exactly. except for KD and LeBron. And LeBron James when you, and, and, and Russell Greek Westbrook. Free, and the Greek Freak. Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like Jimmy Butler's game is the a little bit of Greek. more mature than uh, Antetokounmpo. But I could be wrong. I mean, the Greek Freak, he, he's gone a long ways. Now, you see the rumors now that they're talking about. Once again, we look at another dysfunctional relationship. They finally severed ties with um, Phil Jackson out there in about New time. York. And, and the, the heavens opened up. Everyone is rejoicing. And this guy would talk about trading Porzingis? What? Why would he even? Pick? Why would he even talk? Well, you're gonna trade Porzingis for a draft pick? Are you crazy? Are you crazy? What are you? This kid, Cord Porzingis, could be the best player in the league in a couple I of years. I told you, you're still a hippie. You thought he thought he was in the seventies. <laughs> Apparently, he's still sleep. Man, Pacquiao still sleep. He's the game changer. He's the future game changer. And no one, New York, is just trying to clean house. Seems like it. They're talking about Melo now has come out and said, hey, I'm willing to, to, to waive my no-trade clause to go play with LeBron and them. Please don't do that, LeBron. Now, why? Or just he, tell me this. Why in the world did the Cavs re-sign Kyle Korver after Kyle Korver's showing in the playoffs this year? Well, they didn't pay him a lot of money, though, did they? 22 mil, three years. Yeah, that's pretty cheap nowadays. And you're right. That's about the one thing you are right about today. <laughs> <laughs> why detect hate in your blood? <laughs> you need to go get your transfusion. <laughs> the NBA is going down, though. And I tell you what, if you haven't made any moves, you might as well not even show up next year because the, the teams are stacking up. They're loading up. I'm interested to see if any of those kids in the draft actually make an impact right now. The one thing that happened in the, in the league that surprised me is just because if you look at the numbers, the numbers are actually are still very, very respectable. Is Dwight Howard getting traded and nobody even talking about it? Like, he's totally irrelevant. For a can of tuna? He got <laughs> traded for me, actually, to come do the podcast. Yeah, you know what? He's falling off. He's falling off a little bit. You know, every year, I don't even think that he can get – I don't even think that he can get in, what, 30, 40 games a year? But when he plays, his numbers he, he are still stupid. His numbers are okay. His numbers aren't crazy. Year, huh? Decent, but I think the game just, just continued to, to go without him, like, just to mature – he didn't make himself no better. He didn't improve in any aspect of the game. So I agree. You know, and I don't think he ever truly recovered from his back injury. And I, I don't know if that's from genetics or is that just from him not committing to a program. I mean, it, there's a narrative that's kind of getting floated around that he's not really interested in the game as much as he could be. That's he has a lot of extracurricular stuff. And, you know, that obviously when you get hurt, that's when you really need to be most interested in the game, to be honest. Wow. Well, you guys got any other things you want to cover on the NBA? Now, what about your boy Lonzo Ball? 
Lonzo Ball is going to he's going to be an impact. He's going to be an impact player. Um, he's ready to go. I believe in him. Um, but with the West being strong, I don't think I still don't believe that he'll get the Lakers to the playoffs this season. But he will make a, an impact and and be a, a, a hell of a player. Um, he's going up against the monsters and point guards in the Western Conference. So and there's a target on his gonna, back. Yeah, and Magic's always ready to put his, his jersey up in the rafters. I thought that was really interesting for Magic to to, to come out and say <laughs> that his, he, he wants big things, jersey and the rafters out of this kid. That's a lot of expert. This kid has been under more scrutiny than anybody, I'd say, since Harold Miner because this kid is literally in a spot where everybody seems to feel like he's going to be something beyond special. And you got his dad doing the Blue Sleeboy, the last dragon in the WWE ring and the whole nine I, it's just a lot to ask. It's a lot for him to become the sort of player that, you know, it's wild, man. It's wild. It I'm, is, but you know what? The kid is handling it well. They say, he, he the, the rumor is he just so signed well. his rookie deal. Okay. You know, this meaning that all that trepidation that they had seemed like wasn't necessarily, maybe that was just smokescreen. My thing is, is I just want to see the brother get his jumper off in the NBA. I've played against guys that shoot the jumper from the waist, and when you start playing against guys who can jump out the gym, that jumper from the weights doesn't really work. Yeah, but he's six six though. Yeah, it may work against other point guards, but newsflash, most of the other guys in the league are six five, six six too. Yeah, but most of them guys Steph don't play no D. <laughs> they, he, he don't need play, to. They don't put up hundred <laughs> they, they're putting up hundred and fifty points a night. He's putting up NBA jam numbers. Yeah. But yeah, then again, but and low-key, Steph, I think he does. Shady might be close to the top of the league in uh, steals. Yeah, in steals. He, he get it all. He, he, they would, they'll have to respect him enough because he is quick off the dribble also. And with his passing ability, it'll create you know enough space where he can get that jumper off. We're going to see because I know when they played Kentucky, he didn't look like he was the most comfortable. Right. Next victim. Appreciate your contribution. We're going to talk some baseball here, and uh, we're not going to we're not going to bring you into this so that you have to lament about how whack your angels are. Always appreciate uh, you having on the Ozone family. Enjoy the rest of your day. Late. Let's pick them out. Top notch analysis going on, ladies and gentlemen. We got some more top notch analysis going down because it's time to talk about our favorite sport, the sport we love, Major League Baseball. Baseball. Wow. <laughs> and it's been very, very good to me. Uh, wow, a lot of stuff going down. We got the All Star Game coming up. That should be a good one. Especially this, this should be a good one this and year. The home Run Derby going down. I mean, they said that uh, Sanchez and uh, um, Aaron, Judge. Aaron Judge are going to do it. They said Justin Bohr is going to do it. Yeah, and Justin Bohr might Stan, be my Justin Bohr might be my sleeper. We watched him take batting practice, and he put as many out as Stanton did at Dodger Stadium. Yeah. My only thing is, I wish that Joey Gallo would have got into it. I don't think Joey Joey Gallo said he's not he wasn't there yet. He didn't. I don't feel like, and I appreciated that because he he wants to work on his game, he's which not, is great. Yeah, he stayed not, off the novelty exactly. And and but a guy like Joey Gallo can probably in home run derby give you that Josh Hamilton. I don't know. He, I mean, Joey Gallo puts the ball in top top deck. He, yeah, like, if not yeah, out the in park. The, in the game. Yeah, in the game. In the if game. Not out the park. That's but, what he can do. But there's a lot of stuff. I saw that Marcelo Zuna decided he didn't want to participate because he's he not, said 
He, yeah. For one, he's not a power yeah, guy like that, but guy. he's an average guy. But for two, he said he didn't want to mess up his swing, his swing, and I don't blame him yeah. because I think there's something to that. Um, not when you're a guy like Stanton or Aaron Judge who's actually being paid to put the ball out of the park. Right, and that's their natural swing. Yeah, and you see guys like Todd Frazier, Hamilton, Bobby Abreu, all those guys, after the after they go through the derby, something does change. I don't know what it is. And I don't think that it's a mental thing. I just think that you make adjustments, a little bit dip, you know, yeah. in your swing. Get some more to, elevation. Trying get, I'm trying to get some lift in, in the ball and everything. And then you're practicing a bad habit at that you're point. You're practicing a bad habit. And we all know that you play how you practice. Yeah. But um, that's the all-star scenario down in hot Miami, Florida, hot and wet. Man, I hope I'm finished with my gig so I can get down there. Um, but this, uh, ladies and gentlemen, stepping into the all-star break, I'm going to have to go ahead and say I think the Houston Astros are the best team in baseball. That's without a doubt. The Houston Astros are real. They can do everything, and they do it well. They can pitch. They hit the ball. They steal bases. They... What else? Do they oh do? no, <laughs> they, they hit for power. So they, you know, they're they're the real deal. They're pretty good. I think they're pretty good. I think that, um, you know, the Dodgers got crazy hot, and when, yeah. the, when, when the Dodgers got crazy hot, that that uh, you know that kind of shuffled the balance a little bit. I think that the 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 Arizona Diamondbacks are starting to fade a little, even though they had a good series against the Rockies at home. But they, I I don't, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but it seems as though the Arizona Diamondbacks are a home team, you well, know, and, and the Rockies have been winning more on the road, I think, even than, than at home. But Yeah, but, you know, it's a, it's a marathon. And then with the yeah. Rockies and, and Arizona, well, the, uh, the Arizona more than the Rockies, they don't have that consistent pitching, and the Dodgers really don't have consistent front-line pitching either besides Kershaw and, and um, Alex Wood because anything else after that is a question mark. And Urias has went down, which I felt like is a cause and effect of them babying. I agree. It's once happened again. once again. We've yeah. seen it every single year it's somebody. You're talking about a you're talking about a kid who who's supposed to be like on the next level, you know, a la a Clayton Kershaw yeah. type of pitcher and yeah. everything. Now he has a shoulder injury because you brought him up, you sent him down, you brought him up, you used him in the bullpen, you let him start. You he can only start. pitch eighty pitches. He can only pitch eighty five pitches. He only pitches once every two weeks and all this yeah. other wild stuff. Just let the kid throw. You know, it's unbelievable. Now he just shot his bullets in the minor leagues and. Ended up with a serious injury. And now he's out for a career. Yeah, yeah, you know, or a, beyond. Yeah, because he has I a shoulder not. injury. I know that would be terrible. That would be terrible. Um, but you know what? I personally think that the Dodgers should focus on trading for Fulton Awitz. I really yeah. like Fulton Awitz out in Atlanta. He throws hard. He could really, really benefit from a good pitching coach. Yeah. And well, they've done a good job with him out there. In they Atlanta. have. They yeah. have. That's what Atlanta does know how to do: is get their pitchers together. And uh, Atlanta actually has been playing good baseball lately, surprisingly. They're yeah. not going anywhere, but they've been playing good baseball. And I think Aren't they, they in actually, second place? They, they could get a real – They could, yeah, but I don't think they're going anywhere. Yeah, but you know Washington took off in that. But, you know, it's a marathon. Like I said, anything could happen. Because if, if Washington don't – if they don't start getting front-line pitching from anybody else but Max Scherzer, they're going to have a problem, just like everybody else. Steven Strasburg seems like – you know, it seems like Gio's actually having a year where he – this is the first year I've seen Gio Gonzalez look like the Gio Gonzalez that we've seen. Yeah, that they were looking for. That they, that thought they, they signed in Oakland yeah. when he used to strike guys out. Now, actually, he can pitch the contact. And he stopped walking guys, and he started attacking the strike zone again. I love Gio on a personal level. He's the homie. He let me work out with him. And I mean that just watching a major leaguers prepare and get ready is it's just unbelievable. But um, but this year he's attacking the strike zone and that goes a long way because he has the kind of stuff where as a lefty he's that one lefty that you need that everybody feels like you need to win the championship. Right. You need one lefty in your starting rotation to Dodgers get it done. Have two. 
Yeah, but then their righty game is suspect. I don't think when when October, September, October comes, you can really count on Brandon McCarthy. No, Brandon McCarthy, I think he's on DL again already, right? This is what I'm saying. Yeah, they. I don't know where they they have a couple of kids in the minor leagues, but I don't know if they're going to go out and try to grab them arm. They should try to grab a full. How do you pronounce? I it? think it's full Naywoods. I could be wrong. Yeah, but but I would you know I would like to see that. I think looking at the scenario now, um, there's a lot of teams. The Reds started to fade. Reds are cellar dwellers. The the Cubs never have pulled it together. Uh, well, you knew that wasn't going to happen when you had Schwarber leading off. <laughs> I mean, that just does not – that's not good chemistry. That's not baseball. It was good in the short term yeah. for the World Series, yeah. and, and they were riding emotion. Yeah. I also think that uh, them getting Ben Zobers back off the DL makes a big difference. But everybody's looking up in the stands at, at Milwaukee right now and uh, in, that, in that National League Central division, and it's going to be interesting to see if they fade because I don't actually believe in their starting pitching. Um, but beat Baltimore tonight. They beat everybody. Yeah. And to me, the key to that lineup when they when they win is when Eric Sogard is in the lineup. When Sogard is in the lineup, they play a better brand of baseball. Obviously, when Ryan Braun is in the lineup, it's a whole different lineup. Right. When Ryan Braun is in the lineup, he can protect Eric Thames, and he can. Uh, and you have Sogard up there. Man, I'm I'm I can't be more impressed with Sogard's game because I watch him play the game. He plays the game the right way. He does little things. He takes the extra bag. He does the things that you need to do to get the job done. Well, and I think that Craig Council's brought in, uh, you know, the whole environment and the the feeling of winning. You know, yeah, he's a winner. Yeah, and he's trying to get these guys on the same page. And if they buy into it, it's going to be, you know, they could they could last actually because that type of team that he's coaching is the type of team that the Florida Marlins were. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's true. So yeah. when they won, and, you're talking about when they won ninety eight, ninety seven yeah, around yeah. that time when they first got on, they won the championship. And then they, you know, he, they've got Chase Anderson pitching well. They got yeah. a couple other guys, Junior Guerra, yeah, Junior Guerra. Uh, so you know, he's actually getting these guys to believe in themselves. Yeah, which is you come to find more important than anything. Yeah. Other than getting a guy like Starling Marte back, who then won't be able to play if they make the playoffs, <laughs> I think Starling that, Marte right now is dead weight. He's an I anchor. Think, I think I can't believe that he really hurt the team, and I, I actually think that the Pirates will get Andrew McCutcheon off this uh, before the trade deadline happens. I think Johnny Cueto will move. The Giants' season has become a total debacle. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the American League. In the American League, the Angels aren't making any noise. If They're we doing all right. Start from the West. Yeah, but the, they got some of those young pitchers actually who are pitching well. Yeah, but you're talking about that. You're in the division with the Astros. I mean, that's tough. You, you Texas is playing better. Texas and Texas rattled off for a little while. Texas rattled off a nice, I think, eight and two run or something like that. Yeah, and how many games week. did they gain out of that? <laughs> not <laughs> much. Know? Yeah, not much. That that Houston team is serious. The Yankees came to town. They they handled the, the Astros. Handled the Yankees. I mean, what's wrong with Deleen Batanzas? You know what? I've, at first, I felt like he wasn't getting the pitch enough because I know that there was a lot of situations when he was the closer when um, when uh, Chapman went down that he wasn't getting the close but or getting the pitch. But now it just looks like a lack of focus. I don't know what the you know if he's mentally scarred by what they said about him in arbitration. You don't know what's going on with him. But I know that when you see the real Deline, he's very very hard to hit. He's almost impossible to yeah. hit. But you're seeing him and Chapman getting jumped on. The other night, the Astros came back on them, and it seemed like it broke the Yankee spirit to a certain degree. The Yankees have been fighting that injury bug that hits everybody, but it seems to have hit the Yankees particularly hard. And, I mean, that was just tragic what happened to that kid they brought up. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. The kid that tears his patellar tendon uh, uh, going after a ball in the in the bottom of the first. He hadn't even gotten a major league at bat. Yeah, didn't even get a hack. That's unbelievable. Didn't even get him one. I, got, I need a hack. I, at least one. 
Lilies let me get, come out of my shoes. <laughs> First pitch, I'm losing it. <laughs> and uh, you could see it was just over effort. The kid really, he was just wanted to make a play so bad. You know, wanted to be an impact. You know, yeah, yeah. And they got him, and that's another situation where they brought him up to help spell some other people who were on the DL. And now everybody's in the same spot. I think that the Boston Red Sox seem like they're catching steam, and Mookie Betts is putting up silly video game numbers. Yeah, and Mookie Betts, you know, with the he's the best player in baseball to me personally. Really? Uh, yeah, I don't see anybody. Mike Trout, you know, the numbers. His team goes somewhere. Mike Trout's team, they don't really go anywhere. Mookie Betts is actually a 5-2 player. Mike Trout is a 4-2 player, you know, but he's not a 5 and Mookie Betts can, is a complete and total game changer because you can move him around all over that lineup. I think that you can put him in the nine hole and he'll put up crazy numbers. Oh, he's not about the protection. Yeah. I don't think that you can necessarily bash Mike Trout. It's like I'm not bashing little, him. But I'm just, yeah, but saying his teams don't go anywhere. They don't. Mookie yeah. Betts has been the man for one year. So his team no, went Mookie somewhere. No, Mookie Betts has been the, team, uh, been the man for about two or three years. And they haven't gone anywhere. They haven't went to the playoffs? No, they've gone to the playoffs, but they don't okay. win anything. Mike Trout hasn't been to the playoffs. Nah, I don't know. He's been to the playoffs. He just didn't go to the playoffs the past couple of years. So, when, so did they, when did Mike Trout go? When the Royals won the World Series. Or actually when the Royals, yeah, when the Royals lost to the Giants in the World Series. You remember, they were the best team in baseball that year. And oh, then they took they, the time off. And then they took, <laughs> that's, <laughs> what Mike, that's what Mike so should Rub Mike the wrong way. He did the right thing, and he spoke out about them changing the rules. Right. And they, and they, you know, they tightened it up some. It still isn't tightened like it should be, but... Yeah, you know, I think, um, but but I mean, hey, you can't go wrong saying Mookie Betts is the best player in baseball. He's a, he's he's legit. He's yeah. a, he's always a threat. He's a threat with his legs. If you hit him and put him on base, he's a threat in the outfield because he's got great defense. Uh, he can go deep at any given time. Got a hose. Doesn't need protection in the lineup per se. I still like the Red Sox in the East. Yeah, the Red Sox in the East this, definitely, especially Tampa Bay's been playing good baseball. Strangely enough, yeah, Toronto's terrible. The, I mean, they're like the Giants of the of the American yeah, League. I don't know what happened to their offense. I know they lost Edwin Encarnacion, but that's the that's what happened. You know exactly what happened to their offense. He's the guy that made them throw fastballs to Joey Bats. He's the guy that they could sandwich and hide Troy Tulowitzki, who's lost some prowess offensively, still a stud. Josh Donaldson can't stay healthy. And Josh Donaldson is the guy. Uh, another candidate for best player in the game when yeah. he's actually playing on all cylinders. Just can't but, stay healthy. But he can't stay healthy right now. And that's a, he's a victim year, of playing hard. He's a victim of playing hard. He and playing on right turf. Way. Yeah, he plays the game the right way, too. You're giving him, I think, a little bit of that King Griffey. Yeah. Well, we're out here filming a show for the Tennis Channel, folks. It's called Advantage Omar. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's online at uh, TennisChannel.com. You can go to my Facebook page or the Icons Facebook page or the Ozone Podcast Facebook page, and you can catch the clips. And so we're out here uh, in London, and we just went to Wimbledon today and watched some interesting tennis. It was pretty awesome. And there's a candidate for shot of the year from young Dustin Brown. Did you get to see it? Yeah, that was crazy. Man, that was crazy. That was crazy. I think the next couple days are going to be really telling because there's a lot of unseated or low-seated players in the men's side who actually got big draws, and they got to play some big dudes. Uh, Coming up Wednesday, Dustin Brown plays Andy Murray. Yeah, and there were upsets today too, right? Warinka lost. Stan lost today? <laughs> Breaking news. Oh, I didn't even oh, know that. No. <laughs> oh, c'est pas vrai. Hein? <laughs> Stan a perdu. Wow, Stan lost. I didn't know that. Who did he lose to? Let's, let's 
Indeed. Wow. See that? I mean, sometimes they give it to me on the Ozone, and I'm the sports guy. I missed that on the board. I was busy watching Donald Young come out and pull out a win, and then uh, now he's playing the doll. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Lost to Daniel Medvedev. Ran into Dmitry uh, Gregov, which was he was really cool to see. Um, and ran into John Isner. We got some Americans on the tour now that are trying to make some noise. Right. And you know one of the things that really really upsets me about tennis? I'm not upset about tennis, but they don't get credit for being good athletes. And those guys are really good athletes. Hey, man, these guys, you watch you watch guys like, like uh, Dustin Brown, Donald Young, uh, your man Rafael Nadal. You watch them go run balls down and yeah. stuff. You see these guys, and especially when you meet them and you see their body composition, yeah. these guys can play any sport. Yeah. They just don't get the credit much like Nobody ever talks about them being some of the best athletes in the world. They're never in that conversation ever. That's a good point. Wow. All right, folks. Uh, You know, we had that tragedy that took place with Venus Williams. They said that she was found uh, liable, uh, guilty as the person who was the cause of the accident that killed the 78-year-old man. And they, they just, they, uh, it's been the number one topic of conversation around everything around the tennis tour. And there's a lot more to cover. Not that that man's life isn't worth covering and it's an unfortunate event. I don't really have anything to add to the situation because I don't know anything else besides what was in the, in the, uh, you know, on the headlines or in the papers. You got anything else that you want to add? No, there's nothing, you know, that you can say about that. Somebody lost their life. And, um, I'm sure that she not, did not do it on purpose. And it's just unfortunate. You know, he's an older guy. I mean, maybe what's he driving? Do you know? I think his wife was driving, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh, realistically, I think that the situation took place just like you said. It wasn't anybody. Uh, I don't think it was anybody's any sort of drunk driving or reckless driving that took place, but it it did take place, uh, and someone lost their life, which means that several other people, by chain reaction, are affected. Know, yeah, affected, and it's. Man, it's just unfortunate when you when you see a situation like that. And, and this is what Anthony Durrell was talking about earlier, whether you're talking about Pacquiao or anybody else. These people are people, and we can put them on the pedestal because they make a bunch of money and so on and so forth, but ultimately, at the end of the day, they're people, and they have um, faults, and they, they're, they're people. And, and you have to be in a position where you have understanding. Unfortunately, like we said, it's a really dark place that that hopefully she can pull out of, and that more importantly, I think that that the family of that man who lost his life can pull out of. Been a long edition of the Ozone. We took a little layoff. We've been pretty busy, folks. We're gonna get back at you quickly because there seems to be a lot of action going on. Oh my goodness! You got anything else you want to add overall? Said. I'm glad to be back. Glad to be back on the mic. Sorry for a little ring rust, folks. Leaving you with a little quote. And it is, don't ruin a good today by thinking about a bad yesterday. Let it go. Let it go. You guys got to let it go. Enjoy your 4th of July. Happy happy birthday, America. Let me spit it out. I've been speaking other languages and messes up your tongue. This is Omar Miller, and you are in the Ozone. Ozone. I'm just living the dream. I'm in love with the life.